Um, a couple years back, uh, I was part of a, another vineyard church in Nairobi, and we had had an amazing Sunday morning, and we decided to get into some prayer together. And it was the most harmless prayer session. You know, there are some prayer sessions you get into and you know, uh-oh, anything is going to fly around here. But that, this one was one of the harmless ones. We were just in circles and, you know, people, you know, the, the, the proper Christian, this is a joke, the proper Christian way to pray, or you pray for this, you pray for the children. You, that's what we were doing. And as we were doing that, this young girl falls to the ground and starts convulsing and, and she's snaking on the ground and we're all going, ah! and she starts speaking things that are weird of making voices that we just don't get. And that's when it hit me. Demonic activity is real. She had no reason to embarrass herself like that. Oh, well, it wasn't, I'm sorry, I, it's not embarrassing. When God moves, he heals us. But there was no reason to act out. And I know she wasn't paid because I was part of the leadership of that church. Maybe my senior pastor was doing something on the side. No. And so it's just, it just got weird. I'm just going, what is happening? And uh, those days I didn't used to wear skinny jeans. Now you know I wear skinny jeans because she grabbed onto my trousers. Ah! I'm like, oh no, leave me alone. And I'm an associate pastor. I'm like, I'm freaking out. Uh, and uh, so she looks straight into my eyes and she says, you can do nothing. Like, what? And I start believing. I'm like, oh no. Because now people are looking at you. And I had just spoken on the Holy Spirit for a couple of weeks, I think. I'm not, you know, it's a while back. I can't remember what series we've done, but it's, it's possible that we just taught on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And she looks at me and says, uh, whatever was in there said, you can do nothing. And I just got discouraged. And we're just doing everything we've seen on TV from Nganga to whoever. You know, General Nganga. They're like, it's not happening. It's not working. Um, and then my, my, uh, one of my pastors at, the, at that time was in a different circle. And he comes and says, guys, you know, we were busy. And some, oh my word, I love how passionate women for Jesus can be. Yeah. And they start beating her up. <laughs> because this is what you see, right? This is what you see on the TV. It's like, Slap it out of her. Like, oh my word. I wasn't sure what to do, but I was sure it's not that. <laughs> Some credit. And he comes and says, guys, what are you doing? Like, there's a demon in here. We got to get it out. And he says, yeah, just speak God's word. Speak deliverance. And then stop paying attention to it because everything had stopped. This is, what, this is what demons do. They, they, they want attention and, you know, anyway, everything had stopped. And, and, and he just said, it's okay. Let's, let's just continue worshiping Jesus. And over time, she just uh, uh, woke up. Like, whoa, that was something. And it was, you know, so Joy spoke on healing last weekend. I, I'm not, 
I wasn't even going to speak on this one, so I'm a little bit unprepared. Like, I promise y'all we'll do something on casting out demons, and then I felt like maybe I don't want to do it, and then I didn't want to do it until this morning, and the Holy Spirit said, yes, you are going to do it. <laughs> and so, um, and I understand that the, the whole prayer team, that's weird. The whole prayer team has been praying about this morning. Some have been fasting. I'm like, okay, that's why I don't have my way. Because we have a team that keeps praying about what I do. They want my job. Anyway, so um, uh, what was I even saying? Now I'm just carried away. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Joy spoke about healing last weekend. And so just here, here is the same thing we do when we are casting out evil spirits. We speak God's word in the authority of Jesus. We don't, we don't beat people up. We don't. Now, this is a very general. It looks different in different situations. Uh, I'm just saying this at the beginning because I'm not going to get a lot into that. So we, we literally go in in the authority of Jesus. Okay. We literally go in in the authority of Jesus and say, be free. We minister healing and deliverance the same way Jesus ministered healing and deliverance. What do you see him doing? He doesn't ask those demons questions. There's only one time he asked, uh, what's your name? Legion. All these shenanigans we see, people asking many questions. Oh, yeah. And uh, what's your firstborn's name? Jesus never does that. What is he doing? He's not giving evil attention. He speaks in the authority of Jesus. Uh, sorry, he speaks in his authority. He's, yeah, I guess he's Jesus. So he speaks in his authority and just says, leave, right? Um, and then there was this time his disciples couldn't cast out demons. That tells you the disciples were involved in this business. It is your business. It is everybody's business to cast out demons. So this time they couldn't, and Jesus tells them, this kind. So probably they had done others. And then Jesus tells them, but this kind, telling them that there are different species and kinds of demons with different strengths and different weird things they do. But, and then there's some kind that then you require fasting and prayer. Now, I don't want it's, it's it's, to... It's not clear how long should you fast, how should you fast. The point is, Jesus is saying that, that sometimes we need to... Uh, we, we cannot do much if we're not actively living with Jesus. Because spiritual disciplines, as I said uh, a couple of months ago, are not an, an end to themselves. They are a, a means of being with Jesus. And so the point, uh, then Jesus makes this promise that, that you will cast out evil spirits. It's not maybe, it's not, oh, and then a group of you. Jesus says, all those who believe will cast out evil spirits. And so we've left that out as we've left that as part of our lexicon. We want to speak of blessings. We want to speak of, you know, it's 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 weird that the church says we read these things, we just don't do them. That was never the plan. That was never the plan. Okay, so just to recap this part, because I'm I'm uh, I think we will do another series on healing and deliverance. I know that what I'm about to share today will start conversations that we cannot finish. So I just, that's why I'm starting with this part. We simply go in in the authority of Jesus and speak his word and say, be free. It is not on us. It is not on us. And we don't give demons attention. We don't give them space. They don't determine our schedule. They don't, 
Anyway, now, can we move on? Okay. And, and I think this is important because I think uh, sometimes you all have seen strange things happen here. And I'm worried for some of you because you go, oh, what, what's wrong with that one? <laughs> and it's okay because sometimes when God is in the room, evil manifests and, because God is freeing people. Yeah? <clears throat> so, uh, many months ago we talked about spiritual warfare. And I mentioned that we have, we have three enemies. The same way we have the Holy Trinity, we have a triad of en uh, enemies. The world, the flesh, and the devil. The world meaning the, 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 the systems of our world, the secularism that is opposed to God. Whether you call it atheism, whether you just call it this is how our people do it, whether you call it our tradition, the systems of this world are directly opposed to God. And sometimes believers aren't aware that they're participating in the systems of this world. It's, it's, how, it's how believers will get crazy over this election season and participate in the very systems of this world. I'm not saying elections are wrong, but there's something that hijacks the systems of this world and it is opposed to God. Uh, then we have our flesh, something in me, something in you. There's a part of me that loves the lies of the devil. There's a part of me that keeps telling me, there's a part of you that keeps telling you, you can find your own joy outside of Jesus. And so there's a part of me that loves sin. Let's be honest. There's a, there's a part of you that loves sin. That's the flesh. It's your enemy. And then, of course, the devil. Like, the uh, creatures God created, a group of creatures, the demonic, it's real, whether you choose to accept it or not. Whether you choose to accept it or not. And these are our soul's enemies. Uh, one of the uh, presidential candidates of this year keeps saying, okay, I, <laughs> I almost got carried away, that Kenya has three enemies. And it did something like this. So Kenya has three enemies. Uh, and I think he just gets the wrong enemies. <laughs> uh, uh, he says poverty, lack of education and something. And he's doing his thing, that's fine. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, but we really have three enemies. He's, he's got that right. He just gets the wrong enemies. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Okay. So spiritual warfare happens in two levels. Um, there is the intellectual and, and, and uh, as when we did the series on spiritual warfare, I told you that the devil's number one tool is lies. We don't, we don't like talking about that. We, 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 some of us focus on the demonic so much we forget that the devil's number one tool is lies. When, the, when we have the story of the first spiritual warfare in the book of Genesis, the enemy doesn't come with demons flying around. The enemy doesn't come with tanks. He comes with a lie. If he can lie to you about your identity and the identity of God and what morality is, he's got you. And that's what keeps happening all the time. He's lied to the world about their identity, the identity of God, and morality. <clears throat> And uh, the, the next level is, is experiential. 
right? Uh, it's when people have, uh, you see uh, uh, demonic manifestation or, or people are, are involved in the occult or people are involved in witchcraft. This stuff is real. I met a, a couple that had been um, Hindus for a while uh, and they came to Jesus and, and they know the darkness. Some, some of us were born in Christian families and so we don't realize it's, some of us have been too religious in church, let me put it that way, that we don't realize that the demonic is so real, but others who come from other traditions are so aware of the demonic, they're just going, y'all have, wait a minute, why is the church asleep? When he talks of his experience, he's not joking about the, 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 the uh, spiritual warfare, right? And, and some of you, I... Uh, some of, some of the people we've had to pray for have come from families that are actively involved in witchcraft. They know how real that is. So those are the two levels it happens. The lies the enemy tells us. It's intellectual and we buy that. That is spiritual warfare. We're we we being liberated by truth. Jesus is truth. But there's also an emotional, experiential part of it. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's also real. And uh, <clears throat> the worst thing that has happened is over time, we've believed that spiritual warfare isn't real. We just talk about it. We just talk about it. It's all kumbaya. It's all, oh, praise the Lord, sister. How are you doing? Oh, I struggled to read my Bible this morning. That is, that is the most spiritual warfare Christians think they're, think they're in, you know. And, and here's the thing. The demonic hate human beings because you represent God. You're created in the image and likeness of God. You represent everything they rebelled against. There, this, is, this is why it's so dangerous when we act as if it's not happening. It's like, it's like walking into an enemy's camp and assuming he doesn't want to kill you and you see him with a knife like oh, I guess maybe they stake later tonight I hope they stake later tonight at the house um, when we started this series I tried to demonstrate that we were all created to be temples of the Holy Spirit to be the ones, uh, 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 people who will contain the presence and the glory of God. There is a throne in our hearts that God should sit on. That's how we were created. But let us not forget that the struggle in heaven started by the devil trying to sit on God's throne. Why should we imagine that that has ended? He couldn't get the throne in heaven. So... I assure you, he's always going to try to sit on the throne uh, in, in the hearts of human beings. This is why you shouldn't imagine. You shouldn't for a second imagine. There, there is a battle and there are two sides. There isn't, this is not, you know, so, uh, uh, there are places in the world that are so torn by war. And if you go to children who are going to school when their houses were bombed, they will tell you when war is happening, no one cares. We know what's happening in Ukraine. We know what's been happening in Syria. We know what's been happening in, in uh, the West Bank for a long time. No one cares. There isn't a safe place. 
Even in spiritual warfare, there isn't a safe place. There are two sides to this battle. There's a throne in your heart. And either God is going to sit there or something else is going to sit there. There are two thrones, in heaven and in human people, human beings' hearts. So, that offends many people. Because we want it to be all kumbaya. We, it offends many people, but I need to remind us, we are at war. And so, you're either the temple of the Holy Spirit, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you either have the Holy Spirit dwelling in there, or you have something else. Now, now some of you are already troubled because you're going, okay, then does this mean I'm demon-possessed? We'll get to that. Don't worry. We'll walk pole pole together. So why don't we read 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. Uh, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So here's the thing. Sometimes we, sometimes, uh, we think that, it's, that, that, that uh, inviting people to Jesus is just easy because it's like, hey, just tell them about Jesus. No, there's a real battle happening and someone else is on that seat who's blinded them from seeing the truth. It's, there's only two possibilities. Someone owns you, either God or the enemy. And that offends people, but... It's, it's the worldview of the Bible for those of us who want to use that language. It is the reality of the Bible. So the demonic either functions uh, positionally or in terms of presence. So the, this is a very heavy topic. I, I, I understand the silence. It's okay. No one's laughing along today. Yeah, there's nothing to laugh about. So when we talk about demonic possession, and I'll, I, I will unpack that word, it's either positional or sometimes in, 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 in presence. Now, the problem with our English language and, and the translations uh, into English, the word position, uh, sorry, possession, every time you see demonic possession, something like that in, in, in scripture, it wasn't referring to, it, it was referring, it, it meant uh, uh, to have, or to be oppressed by. So when you see uh, this, uh, this child was possessed by a demon, it means they were oppressed by a demon. They didn't, you know. Anyway, so here's what I mean by positionally. Since creation, we were created to, to be hosts of the presence and the glory of God. Since creation, we were created to be the temples of the Holy Spirit. Somewhere inside your heart is a throne that only God should sit on. But God has an enemy who tries to sit on his throne. Because he couldn't sit on the one in heaven, he always tries to sit in the one in your heart. Everyone is worshipping something. We all worship something. Let's look at this, Ephesians 2.1. Uh, this is how Paul puts it. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are of disobedient, in disobedience. Anyone who's not of Jesus has a spirit at work within them. 
it, there, is no, there is no middle ground. You either have the Holy Spirit at work inside you or the spirit of disobedience at work inside you. So, because there's a temple in our hearts that only God should sit on, but God has an enemy who tries to sit on his throne. There's a throne in our heart that only God should sit on. And, and then by presence, I mean sometimes there's actual demonic activity. There's an actual evil presence and it sometimes manifests. Yeah? So what happens when we get saved? When we get saved, because some might ask also, uh, uh, themselves, should, should we be seeing demonic activity in church? And maybe that's why some of you hadn't come for a long time, because you saw something like, oh, <laughs> this church, something's happening. Should we be people who are ready to cast out evil spirits in church uh, or among believers? So what happens when we get saved? There's a, there a positional change. There's a change in ownership. Ownership changes hands. Uh, Paul says that when we, were, when we were dead to sin, we were slaves to sin. We were owned by a different master. But when Jesus redeems us, which, and the picture he's using at a time where, where slavery was common, is someone who goes into the slave market and buys a slave and sets them free. When, when Jesus redeems us, we, and this is what Paul says, we become a slave to him. Here's why Paul says that, because we have to accept that we're not very good masters of ourselves. That's the lie the enemy tells from the beginning. But you can determine what is good and bad. But you can determine what is right or wrong. But Paul says, hey, listen, once you've been set free from the master, sin as master, you have to have Jesus as your Lord and master. Otherwise, things go very wrong. And the problem uh, sometimes with the church today is we don't want Jesus to be our Lord. We sing about it. But we want to like Jesus, but not obey. We, we sing about it. We call him Lord, but we really don't want to obey. There is no lordship without obedience. So this is what Paul is talking about. Ownership changes. Uh, what happens is that, is that, is that the, uh, uh, the, the spirit of disobedience is cast out and you receive the Holy Spirit. So... Um, uh, uh, and, and, and you become sealed for heaven. You become sealed for God. You become transformed. You're given a new identity. So then, can there be demonic activity uh, when someone is saved? Okay. How much influence can, can there be? Luke 13.10. Let's read together. On, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by, the spirit, by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. Then uh, the Lord answered him, you hypocrites. 
Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie their ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, 18 long years, be set free uh, on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Okay. So, let's get it straight. When the Spirit of God starts moving, the religious people will get upset. Okay, but let's be, let's be fair. When the Spirit of God starts moving, the religion in you will start getting upset. So there's a Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm sometimes a very religious person. God is still changing me. The Sunday morning, worship is happening, and someone starts spinning um, under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just thinking... This person is going to break our cameras and cut our cables. Exactly what this fire said. Oh, come on, let's have some order, please. When the Spirit of God is moving and we hear people speaking in tongues and someone's shouting, whether it's a shout of celebration or they're shouting in freedom, we go, ah, psh, psh. When the Spirit of God starts moving, the religion in us will get so upset. And this is what's happening. The pastor of the synagogue is saying, but this isn't what we planned. When the Spirit of God starts moving, religious people leave the church. Oh, nowadays they scream a lot. Oh, nowadays, yeah, the, the, the preaching goes too long. I'm not saying that, please, I'm not giving an excuse. <clears throat> Because it's not fitting into our programs, it's not fitting into our plans. The worship went too long. Now, why was that one just crying and speaking in tongues in the, in the microphone? What's when the Spirit of God starts moving, religion in us will start getting uh, upset. But, and so anyway, back to the topic of the day. This woman is part of the church, okay? And uh, she's part of a healthy church, well, she's part of a church community. Every Sabbath, she would sit under good instruction of the teaching of the Torah, which is God-breathed Word of God. So, so many people come here and sit under, I, am, I, I constantly pray that, Lord, keep me faithful, that I will teach only your word. And, and so people will come here and go, well, I sit under the teaching of the word. This is exactly the same thing uh, the woman was doing. Um, there's, there's something Luke uses. Every, every writer of the Gospels uh, uses language in a certain way for a particular reason. Luke only uses the word daughter of Abraham or son of Abraham for those who've repented and, and started believing in Jesus. When, when uh, Jesus was in Zacchaeus' house and he repented, Jesus said, today you've truly become a child of Abraham. So when, when Luke, when Jesus calls this woman a daughter of Abraham, he's affirming that it's not just because she's a Jew, he's affirming that this lady has repented and believed. And guess what? There was still demonic activity. Now another thing to realize, this is a physical illness. Luke is a doctor. 
And, and, and so he, this is a physical illness that is there even to today. Now, I want to caution, not every physical illness is as a result of demonic activity. But do you realize that sometimes there's evil behind what we're seeing? Yet, a daughter of Abraham, a woman saved. In our language, you say, oh, I'm saved. A woman saved, a woman believing in Jesus, still had demonic oppression in her life. Have I offended anyone yet? I'm trying to be slower today. Uh, please, if you're not going to come back to church, please greet me before you go. So in the New Testament, what you see as possessed is... is uh, uh, translates to oppression or to have they had a demonic in them or tormented and so so many people ask can the holy spirit dwell somewhere and demonic activity be present yes yes because it's not about ownership anymore you belong to jesus you belong to the kingdom but it's possible to still have uh, oppression by evil spirits. I, I know uh, of, of a situation where it was a pastor's meeting, pastors of all people, and then demons started leaving. I'm like, well, that's a bit odd. <laughs> Thankfully, it was just a group of pastors, so no one went and said, eh, mchungaji, pali amepitia. But in a pastor's gathering, and demons were being freed. Uh, 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 no, not a good idea. Demons were being cast out. That's what I meant. People were being freed. Anyway, so here's a bit of encouragement. I'm just building up to something here. Why don't we read Colossians 2 verses 15. Uh, Colossians 2 verses 15 and having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle spectacle of them triumphing over them uh, by the cross hey so again Paul is speaking to people who are familiar with Roman culture when the when the emperors would go and win battle what they would do is kill half the army bind the king uh, and then make the, uh, the king and the remaining army walk in front of the cities of Rome after him. He'd go before them and, they would, uh, and, the, and his armies, and then they would follow, bound and humiliated. They were turned into slaves. For those who have not yet repented for watching Spartacus, you have time for that. But it's the same idea. They were arrested and now they're being humiliated as they walk. And the Roman citizens would throw stuff at them and insult them. They were humiliated. This is what Jesus has done uh, 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 through the cross. This is what Jesus has done through the cross. He has humiliated the devil. The devil is defeated and the demonic is defeated. And they, they, have, no, they have no ownership anymore. They have no kingdom anymore. This is what happens when, uh, this is what happened uh, at the cross. And it becomes our reality when you give our lives to Jesus. Ephesians 1, uh, 4 and 7 um, in love, he predestined us. So all those who, who then put their trust in Jesus, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. 
In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin, and in accordance to the riches of God's grace. Here's the thing, this, this is our identity. We are sons and daughters of God. There's a different king on your throne when you accept Jesus. Someone else owns you. The positional authority changes when we receive Jesus. This is where Paul starts before he, he starts talking about trouble in the church. So Paul starts by telling people, let me tell you, if you're a believer, this is your identity. Now let's talk about the marriages and the issues in leadership and, and uh, the issues. Uh, he, he begins to talk about all the problems after he's assured people of their identity. Your identity is secure in Jesus. That does not make you safe. So, look at what he says. Um, uh, uh, Ephesians, I think it's still 1, 13 and 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. When you heard the message of truth, you were included in Christ. The gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to, his, to the praise of his glory. You are God's possession. You are God's possession once you, are, uh, you receive the gospel and, and, the, and the good news. Positionally, you are owned by Jesus. And so every time we gather together... Every time the enemy sees you, he sees a billboard of his humiliation. He sees ground he lost. Every time the church gathers together, the body of Christ, the, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a billboard of the victory of Jesus and the humiliation of the devil. And that's why it's, part, it's very, very important that we keep gathering together as a community. And, and so after Paul solidifies their identity, he starts talking about issues, marriage, leadership, bosses, you know, masters and slaves. In this case would be, you know, bosses and how you treat people who work for you. So let's go and see what he says in Ephesians 4. So this is after he's told them, guys, don't worry, you are secure. Then he starts telling them this, Ephesians 4, 26, 25, 26. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for you, we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Like, wait a minute. You mean it's possible to give the devil a foothold even while being secure in Jesus? Uh, Joy talked about footholds uh, a while back, and, and she gave a very good example. It's, it's, it's positional. It's somewhere, it's somewhere uh, if you're climbing up a mountain, where you can place your feet so that you can gain ground. Paul is saying, every time people engage in habitual sin, we are giving the devil a positional place to place his feet and gain ground. And then I think he continues there and um, 
uh, and says, uh, and in doing so, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That when we do so, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. You'd imagine that when we give the devil a foothold, the Holy Spirit leaves. Paul is saying, no, actually it's not the case. What happens instead is that you grieve the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying it is possible to be sealed for God, to have the Holy Spirit, and still give the devil a foothold. And in so doing, God doesn't abandon us. We do not become of the devil. The devil doesn't own us. Uh, our position doesn't change. But what happens is that we, we, we uh, grieve the Holy Spirit and we begin to quench the work of the Spirit in us. But do you realize where he's putting that? Oh, stop lying to one another. Stop going around angry. Some of you might remember Joy talking about this. uh, She said, you know, footholds are those things in our lives that that, that make it easy for us to just fall into sin. Uh, uh, So think about habitual sin, well, or any sin. It's not like, oh, this is not habitual, so that's okay. No, that's what I'm saying. But, but he, think of it like this. We have a ring of protection around us. But every time we are in disobedience and partnering with the enemy, whether it's through sin or engaging in the world or, or giving into our flesh, we give room. We give room for entry or, uh, or, uh, to the demonic. So how many come here? Loving God, crying every moment mercy is leading worship. Going, oh my word, God is here. But leave still oppressed. And here's the thing. It's not a question of whether you believe it or not. The enemy doesn't care that you believe he's real or not. And that's, it, it really breaks my heart that, that the church has gotten to a place where we just tell people it's okay to believe the right things. And we then, we never encourage people to live right. What happens is that we keep opening doorways to the demonic. And, um, and it's a sad, it is a sad reality. Oopsie, I've lost my notes. So, just a few things that come to close. Not everything is demonic. There are people who see demons everywhere. It's exhausting. I think that's it. Not everything is demonic. Sometimes people just have a toothache. But let us not ignore the demonic. Uh, it's more active than some people want to accept. It's less, act, it's less active than some people make it to look. Okay? So we have to be careful. And especially because we come from church traditions that, that cast out the spirit of sleep when your child isn't waking up to do their assignments. Like, come on. Maybe their circadian rhythm just works differently. Take them to a different school. You know, in the coast, uh, some places of the coast, they don't study in the afternoon because it's just too hot. They go and sleep. It's not a spirit of sleep. You didn't study the Bible. Oh, I cast out that spirit of laziness. Uh, well, maybe you're just lazy. 
Not everything is demonic. But let us not be asleep. Let us not be asleep. So, what then do we do? Oh, I, I need to look at my watch. Oh, wow, sorry. <laughs> I was doing it much slower. It's like I'm just taking my sweet time as if I'm the groom at next week's wedding. Anyway, so what, what, <laughs> what then do we do? One, let us live lives worthy of our calling. Let us live lives worthy of our calling. And two, let us step out in the authority of Jesus. And, 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 and this is why Paul says, desire spiritual gifts. So that even when we are praying for people, we can discern what really is happening here. This is, this is what's happening in Jesus. Sometimes he cast out evil spirits. Sometimes he just healed people. He had the spirit of discernment. And he could go, mm -mm, something else is happening with this medical condition. Right? Shall we stand? <laughs>